1: WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams, who's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone! Jonathan Taylor,
0: touchdown! Passes oh! on!
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to RotoViz Overtime on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at OvertimeIreland. And I'm joined today by my co host, as always, the co owner of RotoViz, co host of Seeding Bananas. It is Sean Siegel. Sean, we're three shows into the week. We're going to have a fourth show dropping on Sunday. And uh, hopefully, the listeners will come back for that bonus episode uh, to find out a little bit more about us uh, <laughs> off, off the shows, I guess. But it uh, should be a fun one as well. But we are, uh, you know, we're rolling through these episodes. They've been a lot of fun. We're into week seven. I teased it about the bi-weeks on the show earlier this week, but uh, looking forward to this week. I think there's a, a lot of positives to have. The one thing I, I was going to mention is for anyone listening to Stealing Bananas, I didn't know if they had picked up on it, but editing the shows, something I've uh, picked up on is uh, Sean has a new outro line, which I think he may have stolen from another podcast host. I've, I've noticed that Have a Good One has, has snuck into the end of uh, Stealing Bananas a few times.
2: It has. It has. And I mean, it's a good way to conclude the show. I, I like the guy who often concludes podcasts that way. Now, it comes down to those last few sentences, Colin, and obviously we have a flexible script, but uh, depending on what kind of good luck I'm wishing the viewers... Or in this case, the listeners, we will have some video from time to time. But it is mostly listeners. So uh, that can come up, can come in. And, and you know, we, we do want the listeners to have a good one. Also, you mentioned the bonus show a couple times. And there's still a couple days left if people want to get some questions in. This will be a fun one for us. We hope it will be a fun one for our loyal community here. It if nothing else, it, it'll give you some good ammunition to poke fun at us on social media. And of course that's that's what this whole thing is about, right? So yeah. uh, tune in for that one. If if you have any interest, we'll hopefully learn a little bit about why column, the best voice in fantasy football podcasting, got into American football as opposed to the version that Ted Lasso and company have over there. In the United Kingdom, so uh, we'll we'll be going over some fun things like that. Maybe have some more movie and book recommendations. I've gotten some great recommendations from from the community that that have been awesome. Had a birthday the other day and received book two in the uh, in the first law series, which was a fantasy uh, novel series that community members recommended and so we appreciate those coming in Uh, you guys are making our lives better with some great content so anyway love the way this is going wish you guys would take it easy on us in the listener league Colin we do have one team that's in second place and so uh, it's very sad when that second place is in some ways predicated on Leonard Fournette I would have passed up uh, I would be willing to finish 12th there if he would just stop scoring (laughs) points but anyway that is where we are And Colin, this is going to be the zero RB show of the week, trying to figure out, you know, how we can get ready for the buys and deal with these running back injuries. It's been sort of a a crazy season where Derrick Henry continues to look invincible, but other guys, and, and again, I mean, we're waiting for everybody to stay healthy. We just know that's not going to happen. And when it doesn't happen, you need to adjust in fantasy Uh, These last couple of weeks, I think what's happened with the Cleveland Browns has been really unfortunate. I mean, they're 3-1. and They're playing extremely well. Uh, Kevin Stefanski has, I think, been one of the coaching storylines of the past couple of years. He looks like someone who, you know, if he's interested in doing it for another 25 seasons, that we could look back and say okay well this guy no maybe not in the Bill Belichick Andy Reid sort of category but someone who maybe wins a couple Super Bowls and establishes himself among the upper echelon of coaches they are three and one they have those running backs who are so dynamic you've got two guys who are able to even sort of run your offense through the running backs they have a multi-touchdown lead against the Los Angeles Chargers and now just sort of one and a half halves of football later they're 3-3, and the backs are out, the quarterback is injured, and, uh, I mean, football can just change very, very quickly.
1: Yeah, it it really went, like, the Browns have a terrible luck. so they got Odell back, (laughs) they lost Landry, and then they've obviously lost both running backs and the quarterback at the moment, so it's not really possible in terms of, like, key skill positions probably to be as banged up as they are. It's, you know, it's a really tough stretch that's coming up for them, and that can really completely derail the season. So we'll see how it plays out both of those guys being out is obviously a massive blow first question sean i guess when we hit on that is uh we're talking zero rbs we are looking here at the nfc i know that is the afc but who who or is there somebody we should be diving in to make sure we can get on the rosters or somebody's playing dfs this weekend is there somebody that we should be potentially targeting there
2: well johnson is someone who's flashed a little bit in the past and given that felton is being used you know basically as a receiver which the running back eligibility there i think is intriguing right there's the potential now with keenum at the qb position for this game to get a little bit crazy maybe you have some significant kind of catch-up time involved and so you're going to see some shorter passes to some of these underneath Uh, slot types of players and if you have running back eligibility for someone who's playing in that role then that could be a way to get through the buy so don't ignore that element of it also in deep leagues kelly is someone who is going to also be stashed because you know one of the things that we've seen with some of these teams is the running back injuries just continue to happen and so you know once we're in a situation here i mean there's a part of us that thinks okay well if two guys have already gone down i mean what's what are the chances that the third one will go down well you know if you're going to have 25 carries in the game the chances aren't that dissimilar from other running backs who are going to have 25 carries in a game or a high level of touches. And so you want to be ready for the next play. Obviously this is our Saturday show. We know that waivers have occurred for this week, but you can be proactive in terms of looking week ahead, at what might happen in some of these situations, but uh, the Browns will be a team to follow this week to see how they handle all of the turnover at the skill positions. Colin, we also have a lot of opportunities there in the NFC, as you mentioned. Another interesting team is the Dallas Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott, one of the league leaders in expected points. And we know that he has been more explosive again this season. Tony Pollard, someone who had been kind of holding his own over the first two or three weeks, over the last three weeks, the expected points gap is about 61 to 27 and Pollard hasn't created the types of big plays that would be necessary to make him a viable secondary back. He's got 183 yards, no rushing touchdowns in the receiving game in sort of a frustrating fashion. He's caught all seven of his targets, but has been out targeted 12 to seven by Elliott. And a lot of that the result of week six, where he was out-targeted nine to three. Do you have any concerns that Elliott has been so good and then the team obviously has to get some of the guys like CeeDee Lamb involved? Dalton Schultz has been so good. Is Pollard going to kind of fall out of this rotation, fall out of fantasy viability? Contrast him with someone like a James Conner who saw his rushing touches hit in that sort of season high area, That's a new uh, season high in terms of rushing yards. Connor now with a very clear rushing role with Edmonds a little bit limited. Andy has the goal line work. Pollard a more explosive player. Both offenses good, but Pollard really relying on the explosiveness and the receiving touches since Ezekiel Elliott is going to be a little bit more of the goal line back. We have these guys as our running back two slash three on a lot of teams. This is a tricky weekly decision. Do you see this moving more back in the favor of Connor?
1: I think it's going to continue to be very interesting. Like, I think our talking points the whole way through and the off season were probably like maybe Connor, you know, eventually gets a bigger workload. But I think our thought process was always he's probably going to get the goal line work that Drake got last year, and I think that's kind of what's happened. He every <laughs> every time I see Edmonds, I'm like Edmonds looks incredibly fast, and every time I see Connor, I'm like, well, there's james connor running with the ball you know they have different numbers on their backs but even without seeing the numbers we can kind of tell who's who um but i think probably connor's been kind of what's been advertised i think the one area where it hasn't worked out for people who have drafted connor really is in the receiving game um you know Edmonds is is really getting the the work there over over connor you know Ed, Edmonds owners might be saying that they're not getting the work then in the the rush game that um But it's pretty balanced overall for that offense, and the the one benefit is I think they're going to continue to score touchdowns. And I do think with Connor and the theory behind playing him, you know, the thesis is we're going to get those rushing touchdowns from time to time. We're getting those kind of green zone touches. So I'm still optimistic on Connor, but I do think we're going to have a cap and we're going to have weeks where it's you know five, you know, fifty rushing yards, five points. We're going to have weeks then where. There, there is two Russian touchdowns and we're, we're really excited those weeks so I think it will be a little bit more up and down it's not going to be the consistent uh, flow that we maybe were hoping with you know could rely on those touchdowns most weeks and um, the one player you mentioned there was Alex Collins the one player you mentioned there was uh, Tony Pollard as well and Things really have tapered off after, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season. It looked like, you know, he is the better back there and he's maybe going to get more and more work where in reality what's happened is the, the script has flipped a bit in the opposite direction and they are giving Elliot as much work as they can possibly give him. I think it's going to be interesting to watch moving forward. I think maybe what we've seen the first couple of weeks was a bit higher than we could have probably hoped. Like Pollard is getting those receiving touchdowns that I mentioned that, that Connor isn't. And that's why if I was... having the option of having one of them the rest of the season as much as i drafted connor this offseason as much as i I like his possibilities i think i would still head in the role of of pollard uh, in terms of getting the the receiving work Uh, and i do think that eventually as the season goes on it will go back closer to a maybe it'll only be you know 60 40 split but i think we're going to see him get that work in the, the cowboys offense so i would lean towards pollard but like you said, at this point we can't lean either way because we have them on a lot, a lot of our rosters. So I don't know if you feel the same way, Sean, but I think the the I think Edmonds probably needs Connor in that offense so to keep to keep healthy the rest of the year. In terms of, I don't think he could handle the full workload. I think Connor could handle the full workload, but isn't explosive enough compared to what we're seeing from Edmonds. So I think that for the Cardinals as an NFL team, they find a, a really good balance there between them i think the cowboys probably think the same and the other part of it as much as we say that it probably shouldn't matter like ezekiel elliott's on a, a monster contract tony pollard isn't and the cowboys are probably trying to to get as much out of that as they can but they've really gone back to elliott and we touched on it well i certainly touched on it in those first couple of weeks elliott didn't look like it looked like he you know he may have been a little bit slower but looking pretty pretty good the last couple of weeks but in terms of the efficiency of both players you know, Pollard has been much more efficient with his opportunities than Elliott has been. So I don't know if the Cowboys are going to factor that in at a point, but Elliott's really getting the volume to be able to put up those numbers.
2: Yeah, and, and Pollard's week two ended up being a little bit misleading, and, and that was kind of the guess at the time, but it's still disappointing to see it develop from there. Uh, hasn't posted another running back one or running back two finish since. Four of his six games on the season are below 10 fantasy points pollard still with the upside that connor doesn't have and we talk about all the running back injuries and how quickly things change pollard would be a clear rb1 potentially even like a top six running back if elliot were to go down you look at the matchup analysis tab and after the week seven by they come back and have eight plus matchups in the next nine weeks and so this really sets up for them to score a ton of points going back kind of to this idea of the look ahead types of ads. There's the possibility that Connor on the contract that he's on with the lack of explosiveness that he's demonstrating that they could mix in someone else, even if he's healthy. I don't think that's going to happen, but when you look at chase Edmonds and how limited he is right now with the injury, If something were to happen to Connor or they simply wanted to work someone else in Jonathan Ward, you know, four carries toward the end of this game. He continues to be the guy who is sort of next in line instead of unfortunately, you know, Benjamin. And so if you're in a deep dynasty league or you're sitting there with just a a hole on your bench, Jonathan Ward, someone again, who it doesn't hurt to stash to make that kind of week ahead play as we're sitting here.
1: Sean, somebody we've uh, talked about in a number of shows, our theme for this week has kind of been hyping up our guys in the the main event team here as we head towards that championship, hopefully. But we'll, uh, hopefully we're not you know, giving them a kind of a commentator's curse at this point. But DeAndre Swift is somebody we mentioned even earlier this week about the, the points that he is putting up. And a lot of those come in very, very late in games. But this is a team who I think are going to have to put up points very late in games where they are probably going to be out of contention in most of them unfortunately for lions fans out there but uh, swift when he's getting those opportunities particularly in the receiving game as well is looking um very very good i think he's looked good overall he did get that rushing touchdown towards the end of the game last week as well uh, Is there anything though that we should be concerned about so like he finishes this game uh in week six with an 18% Target share, so finishes it with seven targets, five receptions, forty-three yards. That we're going to take that for for most running backs. So we're happy with the receiving work he's getting. You know, we have seen a little bit of a split at times with him and Jamal Williams, but when it gets to that end point, it looks like they're just going to give the majority of the work to Swift. Swift kind of had a strong receiving uh, percentage in terms of team rushing percentage in terms of team uh, opportunities last week as well, but obviously the concern is that maybe this stops happening but the way this offense is set up it looks to be both him and hawkinson are going to continue to feast in garbage time any concerns that that could stop i i don't mean any concerns that the lions are going to become a good team (laughs) i mean that they stop putting up points in garbage time
2: yeah it's i mean this has played out exactly as we had hoped and yet there there can't help but be a little bit of nervousness, right? I mean, the Lions generate that anxiety every week. And our our thesis for TJ Hawkinson, kind of back online after the good week six performance, DeAndre Swift has been consistently good, only the one bad week in week four. He's currently second in the NFL in targets, uh, tied with Cordero Patterson for the most receiving yards. Now, Patterson has obviously done it on one less game, Uh, But fourth in terms of expected points per game, seventh in PPR, he's over 18 points per game on the season. This is really the dream scenario, exactly what we were suggesting. And in some ways, there's actually a little potential for him to outperform this. He's only 52nd in terms of yards per carry. He's 78th in terms of fantasy points over expectation per game. Uh, He's a little bit in the negative there after generating more than 28 points over expectation in his 13 games last season. Now last season was a little bit different because they had a little bit more firepower around him. So that direction with the efficiency is not a surprise. And at the same time, Swift is such a big talent that if he could thrive even in this environment, I don't think we would be stunned by that. The issue does come into play with when it's happening and just the risk in any given game that it wouldn't work out, right? During this last three-week stretch, he is leading the NFL at the position in receiving expected points, but more than half of that has come in the fourth quarter. And so all of this production, the Lions are getting late. In part, we can give Jared Goff a little bit of credit for being the kind of veteran QB who allows that to happen We can give the Lions credit for continuing to fight back. But there have also been some fluky things that have happened that have kept drives alive, that have given them a little bit more in the way of of chances. And all you have to do is look at some of the other games that transpire each week. Okay, well, if, if you don't get the fourth down, if the other team converts an extra third down or two and are able to bleed that clock in the fourth quarter, if the number of fourth quarter snaps for the Lions drop dramatically for a couple of weeks, then suddenly you're sitting there looking at DeAndre Swift and saying, okay, well, now you've got someone who's not even playable. And so I don't think there's any other running back in this top group who is as risky as Swift is for the scoring profile that they bring to the table. So that's the positive and negative. That's one of the reasons why he was discounted, right? That's one of the reasons why he was available there at the 3-4 turn. The other one obviously being the injury, but he's looking pretty good. He's able to split with Jamal Williams. Williams taking a lot of the low-value touches. And in an ideal scenario, you would get those touches as well. And the Lions would have a good quarterback. They would have some wide receivers. They couldn't key on him. If all of those things were true, then he would have been at the very least, a borderline first-round pick, maybe a mid-first-round pick. You know, maybe in some leagues, he would fall into the second. We saw some guys like Eckler and Aaron Jones occasionally fall into the second. But again, if you answer all of those questions in the positive, then the price changes. And so uh, those are all things we're dealing with with Swift, but uh, you can't help but both be excited and be petrified every week when you turn on the Lions game.
1: Yeah, you just want to, like, if you get anything before the end of the third quarter from from some of those lines guys you're you're really happy and then you just can watch those points start to to add up uh, as the game gets closer and closer to the end um but let's uh let's hope it works out for swift you know we've talked about swift a lot but also hawkinson big part of that offense that we have uh drafted a lot this year um but to finish up sean we're going to have a, a listener question we have got in we haven't asked as much as was we for listener questions i've been asking for the questions for the the q and a's but um if you have any questions it's a little bit trickier uh, a lot of the was team reviews in the off season now it's a little bit more strategy based so if you have any kind of strategy base for in-season roster management style questions send them our way we got a, a question in on twitter from case and he was wondering uh, if we had talked about it on our, our pod before it's not something that we've we've touched on different scenarios for waivers not but not this one specifically so he said, "Is zero or be less viable in home legs due to the the waiver type?" So he talks about the waiver types and the leagues that he's involved in been more of a kind of force come for serve uh, in terms of a role in list where if you pick somebody up you go to the back of the queue to number 12 and um, if you haven't picked somebody up then um you kind of just continue to move up so usually that starts with the the worst record and progresses that way but um he mentions about what the running backs going down um he, he never has the, the waiver position to add the guys that he, he would like to target uh, there is no fab budget in this um particular type of format of league he is talking about so he was asking how do we adjust for this i did mention this through to sean before we started recording i was saying you know any of the leagues that i'm in and, and probably any of the leagues that sean's in are waiver acquisition budget or fab budget uh, oriented. so whoever puts down the most money gets gets the gain just actually on that a completely random topic i have a dynasty league where i have russell wilson and i thought wilson goes down i was like team's going well maybe i'll just put everything in and and go (laughs) go and get myself geno smith so uh being the russell wilson owner i thought yeah probably don't so i was like it's a thousand dollar for the year and i was like i'll put in (laughs) 750 and i'm like that's far too much and then like later that day i was like i'll bump it up to 800 so uh anyway i didn't get you know smith he went for a thousand dollars and that's a super flex league but um yeah it was I was quite it's a, you never really know when it's a one-off like that but when you're in a situation like this where you're trying to get that kind of premium waiver pick of the week no matter what the budget is you kind of can dive in and try and get those but in this situation if it is just based on roster priority i would guess that my advice sean would be to obviously go as deep as you can in terms of if you can put in multiple different players unfortunately I, I don't think you're ever going to, have to put in 12 but maybe put in six and you're probably going to get at least one of them but it, it might be a little bit tricky to get that top acquisition because whoever has uh, not bid will get that the only other way that i would be seen to play this is if you draft and this is a bit late now for for case but if you draft a zero rb team maybe when it gets to the start of the season you hold off for that first week or two so you can get a higher priority when it gets to week three or four maybe but any any thoughts sean on if there is no waiver budget as to to how to maybe play that that queue system
2: i have played some of these leagues back uh seven eight years ago and played them heavy zero rb it worked extremely well and yet it does create a different dynamic and so one of the things you have to look at is whether you're going to be penalized for in terms of waiver priority if you wait and hold off through the initial waiver run so in in many of these cases if you don't bid during the actual waiver period there and you get then to the first come first serve you no longer lose your waiver priority and so i would be targeting that period to make most of the moves especially in leagues that don't necessarily have the depth they're going to still be some moves to make at that point a lot of these leagues tend to be a little bit shallower and I'm certainly not saying that's going to be the case every time, but if you have a a 16 roster spot league with kicker and defense, and so only really 14 players are being rostered, there's often enough depth and there's enough need for other teams to continually kind of move through their wide receivers to try and get wide receiver depth to play that you can still make some good moves for running backs. The other things that I would be looking to do would be obviously once you've waited, like, column has said and once you've you know not made pickups during that window that's going to cost you the priority uh, definitely go out and get the one guy when you're in position but then you can also sort of work trades with some of the other managers to where you're asking them to pick up such and such and you'll move someone off of your roster maybe the person that you were going to cut in order to pick up or running back in many cases especially in medium sized leagues those guys will be still players who you know the other guy would like and so you can make that kind of trade as opposed to the waiver pickup the other thing that we'd recommend is some of these look ahead types of moves and so once you have that really good wide receiver depth established you know trade some of the guys who are a little bit more conditional types of players you know go with that six seven wide receiver group and then really try and build your look-ahead depth at the running back position. So it it definitely is an issue. It doesn't give you as much control. The bidding allows you to make your bet. Now, those bets don't always pay off. Sometimes you then get, you know, you make a big splash. You get Elijah Mitchell. He doesn't score a lot of points. You know, he's injured. There's a buy, and you're looking back, and you're trying to figure out, well, where where is all my money, and and where did the scoring result from that? And you're like, well, hopefully – that's still to come I and mean, hopefully Mitchell is, is still going to make an impact going forward, but now you're kind of out of position the whole rest of the way. So, you know, it can work both directions, but when you're just doing waiver priority, you lose a little bit of control, but there are sort of three or four small things you can do. If you do all of them, I think zero RB still works very well uh, with that approach.
1: And uh, Sean did touch on it there, but something I was going to say and something I've learned really you know, to, to make sure it's implemented in all leagues from drafting with Sean over the years is when you have the the waiver run. And this is a little bit trickier too if the leagues are shallower. But if you're in a reasonable size league, is looking ahead two weeks, looking ahead one week. And obviously, Sean, uh, we touched on it today with the zero RB report that you do, and then obviously Blair's. You know, you can be, you know a week or two ahead and if you have the space on your roster to take one of those guys and maybe a bye week's coming up here and somebody's second on the depth chart or maybe somebody else put somebody off the roster because of somebody coming up to a bye or somebody with an injury and then a bye like getting those guys back on your roster is a week or two ahead now especially when you see some of the guys who will be coming off ir you know they get designated to return if you can get those guys on your roster maybe a week ahead you know it also a lot of the time the big benefit is it, it can say if you're in a you're in a fab or a a waiver budget league can save you a lot of that that budget as well so um i I would recommend to to try that but if you can pick them up it's probably going to be after waivers have run based on on exactly what sean mentioned there but that's going to do it for today's show thanks to case for sending in that question if you do have any questions send them our way we will have a bonus show for you tomorrow Uh, head on over and listen to that before the action kicks off for the sunday schedule hopefully you'll enjoy week seven of the season hopefully it's good for well if it's good for use it's probably gonna be good for us because we probably have very similar uh, roster bills but we'll see how that works out if you're interested in signing up for Rotoviz nfl pass if you haven't already done so you can add the code rv radio 2021 at checkout we go to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for more information that is going to do it for today's episode thank you for tuning in throughout the week if you have heard all three episodes if you haven't head on back listen to tuesdays and Thursdays shows lots of good stuff covered there across a number of different positions a number of different strategy kind of related things discussed my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over my co-host is sean siegel check out sean's work up on rotavis.com and until we're back with another episode have a good one